0: You are listening to the Talking Tough podcast, the world's toughest men and women at their most vulnerable. Their stories of triumph, their falls from grace, and their climb back to the top, to life. This is Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough on the Podcast One Network. It's Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough. It's uh, just after seven here on Maui. Uh, you'll see the background looks different today than usual. I've never done a podcast at uh, at this hour, so I had to move all over the house trying to figure out the lighting. Um, I'm in the, I'm a little bit in the dark myself, as you can see, which, as I always say, it is an advantage to me, uh, since, you know, half-jokingly, I always say... Uh, dark is is my friend but in in any case um something else new for me today i have a guest on and i'll introduce her in a a minute or two her name is sheree curie from the legendary and iconic should say the legendary sheree curie from the iconic runaways uh here's what's different about this for me as you all know my guests that i have on are all longtime friends of mine so there there's a, a level of comfort and familiarity, this is different for me today I get to be a fan so i'm pretty darn excited about that i've loved the Runaways since I first discovered them. 20 some years ago and uh, I got to talk to Sharie for a few minutes before we started the, uh, the broadcast here so it was nice to get to meet her and uh, see her and. Uh, get to know her for all of about five minutes so anyway it's about 7am it's early for me i'm on about three hours sleep uh life goes up and down as we all know we're always changing or trying to change i made a decision about a month ago to quit uh caffeine and sugar and red bull and afrin and kratom all at the same time whole bunch of things that, in my mind just were not doing me any good so my body's still balancing out um i feel great mentally and emotionally Physically, it's uh, dealing with a little bit insomnia, crash out hard at about 11 or 12, and then wide awake at two or three. So I am going to do my best to get through this all bright eyed and bushy tailed. I'm really exciting to, (laughs) I'm excited to have a guest on today who is lived a very big life. Uh, She's experienced so many ups, so many downs. I know this again, not through a personal acquaintance, but through following her story and and really getting to uh to read up on her, watch her movie, um, listen to her audiobook recently in preparation for this. Uh, without any further delay, it is my great pleasure again to bring on the iconic Cherie Curie from the legendary runaways.
1: Thank hey, you, Rick. I- and it's so funny because you say uh it's like Madame Curie, but it's actually Cherie Currie, Like you know the spice but well, i, I was listening i, I was I listening to you um your opening statements and your you've gotten off of caffeine and all these i for, i didn't even know what some of those things were that you are no longer taking but i've been there done that yeah yeah. yeah
0: i you you have haven't you I, I dare say to um to a degree beyond me uh, real quickly this is probably kind of tough to dive into but let's say it can can you? People know your story. The people that know the Runaways, the people that have watched the movie, or, or listened to your book, Neon Angel, or or read the book, uh, you are you are the epitome of the rock star who lived the rock and roll lifestyle. Is that a fair statement?
1: Um, for for a period of time, yes, from like sixteen or fifteen till I don't know. 24. And then uh, that was it. That was it. And then of course, I mean, I've been doing tours uh, since the movie came out. Um, But uh, as far as the whole rock and roll drug thing, yeah, that was just in the 70s for me and early 80s. And then I was done with that.
0: All right. So you've been, you've been living the clean life for all these years now. That's amazing. As clean
1: as I can. And I mean, you know, there's there's been times like all of us. I mean, I've, I, I haven't been able to stay completely sober for that whole period of time. And I mean, so, you know, you have accidents, you have to take uh, painkillers, you have to do this or that or the other thing, but you always turn around and get back on track. And that's the most important message.
0: To, is yeah, that I mean, you, you know, this
1: is a lifelong thing for, for, for someone like me who's just a hardcore, you know, alcoholic drug addict that doesn't practice. Um, but, you know, it's it's something that stays with you for the rest of your life. Unfortunately, I, w- I wish it was different. But but, you know, that's just the truth. You know, it's a struggle for all of us. So when I heard your opening statement, I, I felt for you because, you know. I'll never forget getting off sugar. And I mean, I I mean, I'd stop smoking, no drinking, no drugs, no sugar. And there was, I think, three months in, all of a sudden there was my, I was living with my aunt and there were these Klondike bars in in the freezer. And there was nothing that was going to stop me. Even though I was saying, no, no, as I'm grabbing the Klondike bar and shoving it there was nothing that was going to stop me from, <laughs> it got crazy, you know, crazy after three months of being off of it, just like that.
0: Well, you know, you may want to look into KBA, Klondike Bar Anonymous. Maybe that's the answer. <laughs> but uh yeah, I feel you. um it, it, It's a journey, isn't it? But you know, I I wouldn't say I've come out the other side yet because obviously with the insomnia and all that, but I feel so happy mentally just knowing that all that stuff is gone. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, blessedly, I have zero cravings for anything, which is amazing. I mean, it's like this cup of organic tea, which I never would have wanted to look at a month ago is like the most amazing thing in the world right now. So there's always hope, right?
1: That's right. That's right. Good for you.
0: Let, let me ask you a very canned question. I, I want to try to ask you things you don't always answer in interviews, but I have to ask this one because I am a fan. you've heard it a million times. Any chance ever still of a reunion of all five of the whole band?
1: Well, of course we lost Sandy back in two thousand and six. Yeah. so that's that was just still so painful and tragic for all of us. Uh, but you know, it's it's Joan and Lita that just don't seem to be able to get along. I've had the opportunity to play with all the girls uh, individually. Even me and Lita, just a few years ago, I did quite a few shows with her, and I've done shows with Joan and, uh, of course, with Sandy when she was alive, and even Jackie. So uh, I've played with all the girls. Um, but Jack, uh, but uh, Lita and and Joan, um, Lita just has an issue with Kenny Laguna, and they just can't seem to have a meeting of the minds. So. Unfortunately, I've had to let that dream go.
0: Okay, had like you
1: did with sugar. You know, just, <laughs> just finally just say, you know what, uh, you can't control people, and 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 you just move on with your life. And that's the way I feel about it now.
0: No, it's too bad. Enough. You know, it, it's good to be able to put things in the rear view. That's for sure. It doesn't do us any good to hang on to things, does it? It sounds like that's a lesson we we both learned at our at our tender ages here. Yeah. Uh, Although I had to ask, I, I've been a promoter for forty some years now, and uh, heck, I would have put an offer in to whoever your would-be agent would have been. So I had to ask. That's all.
1: Well, the- again, you know, I mean, things and people change, and I mean maybe Lita and Joan will, uh, you know, have up some meeting of the minds and realize that. The fans are more important. I mean, you know, Joan seems to think that the Runaways were just great as uh, us being teenagers and and not wanting to revisit that. But yet she and I have had a whole lot of fun on stage um, performing these songs uh, in the last 10 years and, and Lita and I. So, you know, just hopefully maybe with this pandemic and all this other stuff that's been going on, that they'll realize that life is short and why not just have some fun?
0: We, we can never say never. Well, good, that, that's, yeah. an ama- that's an amazing place to to be in Shuri. In the meantime, you have an incredible music career. Um, I listened to your your recent album, um, or your new album, I should say. Um, are you, uh, Boulevards of Splendor, are you planning on touring off of that if, this world opens back up again.
1: Absolutely, I mean that that album deserves to have that kind of tour support, and I have to because I just love the record. I've loved it for ten years, you know. I'm so glad it's finally out, and that people are reacting to it the way they are because it's it's the album I always wanted to make when I left The Runaways. I'm very proud of it.
0: Yeah, it's really good. Boulevards of Splendor. How how would people uh, take a listen or or purchase the album
1: well they can download it on Amazon or all those I, I'm not very good with that kind of stuff Rick um I'm not tech savvy and I don't I don't know the dot-coms and all that but uh they can also get the vinyl if they want it as well through Blackheart and even my store uh I a store Cherique Curry I don't even know what it is darn it but People can find it uh, online, and um, unfortunately, there is not a CD, but we'll see. Maybe maybe Blackheart will decide to uh, put it on CD, which I hope they do.
0: I want to ask our amazing producer, John Paz, who's hiding out behind the scenes here, but he's listening in. John, if you would, while we're doing this uh, interview conversation, find the link where people can go right to uh, Cherie's album, that would be great. That way, we can uh, mention it before we're done here. So we'll we'll get that we'll get that link, Sheree. Thanks, so, Rick. L- looking back, okay. So of course, I watched the movie The Runaways. I watched it when it came out, and I watched it again in preparation for this. Would you would you say that the depiction of you in that movie, played by Dakota Fanning, of course, was that on one to a hundred how accurate was that i
1: i can't even imagine anybody doing a better job than than dakota did um she she's just brilliant uh it i mean it's it was very accurate it wasn't i mean as far as the movie in general it could have it could have delved a lot deeper if you actually have listened to my audiobook, you know that there was so much more to the runaways than what could have been put in 90 minutes
2: <laughs> but
1: there. I do appreciate just the great acting and even Floria Sigismonti I think her ability to capture the 70s is just fantastic and um, you know with, with what we were limited to with not having Lita on board uh, I think it just turned out great
0: so you were, you were a true wild child, no doubt of. it. And I love it. There's your dogs. Uh, we, something, Sheree and I yeah, were, so, uh,
1: something just knocked on the house. I don't know what, what it was, but probably the mailman. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, uh, everybody out there, Sheree and I were talking uh, before we started this, and I heard her dogs bark, and you all know I cannot get through a talking talk conversation without my dogs barking. So it, it's always... It's always a beautiful thing to meet another dog lover on the show. So if you want to put them on, if you want to put them on, we're glad to talk to them. As well. <laughs> always.
1: That's cute.
0: We're all, we're all about the doggies. So you were, you were a true wild child back in those ah. days. So you're saying it was accurate. I expected that was the case. Looking back on that now, all these years later, what what would you tell your 16-year-old or 17-year-old or 18-year-old self if she was sitting in the room with you right now and you had a minute to talk with her?
1: What would I tell her? Uh, gosh, I mean, that, that's tough.
0: I put you on the spot. I, 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 know, I knew that would be putting you on the spot. But uh, I was hoping to ask some questions you don't usually get. And well, like you to.
1: know, I, I what what I would have told her was to demand that we have a, a moderator, somebody that would allow us to speak to each other, somebody that could, uh, you know, help us understand what was going on in the band. And, um, and of course, I mean, 16, 17-year-old girls, 18, uh you know, they're just we were so insecure and we were so uh, there was so much jealousy and all that kind of stuff. And I just and we had nobody that would sit us down and allow us to talk it out. That would have saved the band. We, I would have stayed if we had just been able to take a break and have somebody, um, you know, that really cared about the band. But there just wasn't anyone. Kim Fowley certainly didn't at the time. Uh, so. And also, I would have told her to believe in herself a little bit more.
0: Yeah, it's tough at that age, isn't it? When you're suddenly just taken, almost not not on the streets. You 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 were living in a, you know, in a nice home with your sister, and and occasionally with with your parents. I remember that that's depicted accurately as well. Obviously, it is because I listened to your book. Um, you weren't off the streets, but metaphorically speaking, you're you're plucked off the streets and thrust into really almost overnight stardom nothing's overnight you and i both know that and i I thought that was depicted so well in in the movie just for for 90 minutes as you mentioned if people have a chance to look at it just the lack of control it was really astounding but at the same time it seems like that made the journey pretty exhilarating also in some ways
1: Well, you know, I mean, it could never happen what happened back then with the band. I mean, we had nobody on tour with us except our road manager and a couple of roadies. And I mean, we're, you know, 16, 17 years old, out on the road for months at a time without any supervision whatsoever. And I think we held it together pretty well under those circumstances. And we had to depend on each other, um, even though we didn't know each other that well you know, when we went out on the road uh, for the first time. So when I look back on it now, my 60, almost 61-year-old self really thinks that we were quite remarkable to be able to 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 deal with the homesickness and deal with, you know, not having our families. And um, I think we did pretty well.
0: Uh, you know, I would agree. And I'm not saying that just to be agreeable. That That is another takeaway that I have from your story is... I think the average group, if there's such thing, of girls at that age would have imploded probably pretty darn rapidly. So that that's something that I took away saying how even though even though this is out of control the dichotomy is they they kept it together pretty well given the circumstances. And is that always been is that always been your mental makeup or are you always good of keeping control? Or do you have times where you've gone the opposite direction? Uh,
1: you know, I mean, I've I've always been impulsive, and and that can be scary. Uh, but I I mean, I'm a chainsaw artist. I uh, who does that? I mean, who like is who gravitates to something like such a dangerous thing to do? Um, but I mean, it, I'm very comfortable with that. Uh, you know. We had to be very strong, and I realize that now. We had to be so strong to be out there alone and and without anyone to support us. Um, you know, it was, uh, looking back on it, I mean, it, it truly does just blow my mind. It really does, and I think that all of us together were just had such a magical gift, you know? I mean, when the five of us were up on that stage, I mean, there just was something about it that was uniquely wonderful. We we it just worked. So, you know, that's one thing I'll always look back on and be very proud of is is um that we found each other and that, you know, I, I just wish that we could have taken it completely to the next level, which we never were able to do. But with Guardians of the Galaxy and Cherry Bomb and all that coming into present day, um and a lot of people really loving The Runaways, it it just makes it all so worthwhile.
0: I would imagine that's a pretty incredible feeling, which is why I I don't usually throw around words like iconic or legendary, but, um, I mean, you you guys, especially now, are are so in the vernacular, the pop culture vernacular in particular, that it's got to be incredible to be a part of that. And it's really nice to... To hear this perspective from you, Cherie. And, you know, again, I, I don't know you, we never met until today, but you can also, or I can feel how genuine it is. And, you know, I've, I, for some reason, I have a lot of friends, you know, we talked about Linda Blair uh, re, uh, briefly before we started this, uh, the recording. And I have a lot of friends who, you know, achieved the height of their fame a ways back. And I'm not saying this applies to Linda because it's the polar opposite, but many of them live the rest of their lives hanging on to that. And it, it's so nice to see refreshing to get your perspective on this and, and where you are on it. So, re- and you, you can tell it comes through, it comes through in how you talk and, and how you look. So I just wanted to share that It's um, it's, it's nice to see that. Oh, thank
1: you, Rick. Thank you so much. I mean, you know, I just I think of myself as a chainsaw carver from the San Fernando Valley, you know, uh, all of the outreach for my album, Boulevards of Splendor, I mean, was such a humbling experience for me to have, you know, Slash and Duff and, uh, you know, Brody Dahl and the Veronicas and Billy Corgan and all these people come to support me and Matt Sorm to produce this record. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was so taken back by it because again, you know, I really thought the Runaways had all been but forgotten, but this record just showed me that, that, that we had made a difference, you know, for these great artists and Julie, you know, coming and singing. Um, I mean, it just was a great experience. And, and I, and I think the record really shows that it shows, the fun we had making that record. And that's important.
0: So you, you mentioned people like uh, like Matt Sorem and, and Duff McKagan, uh, Billy Corgan. I actually work with Billy right now. We're on a project together. Um, ha- have you been in touch with Billy as of late? I long?
1: have not, but I would certainly, I, I mean, he was so kind. And even after we had done the record, I reached out to him on a song that my son and I had written and I just asked his opinion and he went out of his way to, to send me a video of things he would do differently. I mean, what, uh, if, if you talk to Billy, give him my love and my thanks. I mean, he is such a down to earth, genius, brilliant he, he musical is. man. And
0: is, yes, yes He's uh, guy, so
1: kind. So,
0: yeah. And so good guy, so smart. And uh, I will definitely pass it on. We were working on a pro wrestling project together of all things, if you can believe that. Is
1: that's that right? That, that's Wow. Like,
0: yeah, who, who would have guessed, right? But that's that said, speaking of going into a different type of world or profession, so a few minutes ago, you asked uh, what sounded like a rhetorical question. I'm a chainsaw artist, who does that? That's a good question. I mean, who does that, right? What, well, what I know is- a
1: few. I know a few, of course, because I competed. I competed in 2005 on a few competitions. I, there's quite a few of us out there, but not many. So um,
0: what, is, what is a chainsaw artist? Uh, do tell.
1: Well, what I do, I take a chainsaw and a piece of wood and I carve a mermaid or, a, you know, bears or seals, dolphins. I mean, my, my, my favorite thing is sea life, but I've been a chainsaw artist for almost 20 years.
0: So you could just couldn't go from rock star to librarian, could you?
1: <laughs> no, I could not. <laughs> no.
0: Yeah, you're. Pretty. I guess. Um, d- do you consider yourself a pretty uh, I- extreme personality type or you just, is that just your makeup?
1: No, I don't, I don't know. I, to be honest, I mean, I've spent the last 10 years of my life no relationship. I mean, besides my son, my family, my friends, I mean, no romantic uh, endeavors of any kind. I I just thought it was very important because I thought I couldn't live without someone in my life that I just like you quitting everything, all the sugar and all the others. For me, I had to quit romance. You know, I mean, is that extreme? Probably. But it's, it was a blessing for me, you know, to know that I didn't need to have that someone else to make me feel good about myself. If you understand what I mean.
0: I do, because once again, I say we're very much on the same page. It's liberating. Uh, As we, as we discussed briefly, before we started recording, like yourself, I live with my dogs and I I don't want to say they're my whole life. They're a huge part of it, certainly. But yeah, I have a same thing. I, I was girl crazy my entire life, woman crazy, whatever we want to call it. And about 10 years ago, it's not that I lost interest. It just didn't matter so much anymore. Mm -hmm. And It's liberating, is it not?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't, I mean, the the sad thing is, is more than likely, I mean, some people will think it's sad. Uh, I don't actually see myself having a a relationship with, uh, you know, a man again. I mean, I just, because my life. I'm so in love with not having to ask someone if it's okay to do this or, you know, can I do that? Or should I make this? Or, you know what I mean? And I mean, because I I was so boy crazy myself that I lost myself in my relationships. They always came first. And in the, and in the end, I resented them so much that I feel, feel like, um, And plus they always wanted to change me, you know? Uh, Or they were jealous or, you know, and I just don't need it. I just don't need it in my life, you know? I mean, I'm gonna be 61. I mean, what have I got, 20, 30 years if I'm lucky? My mother's gonna be 97, Uh, but she she has Alzheimer's and she hasn't spoken my name in seven years. And it's tragic, a terrible uh, disease. But the thing is, is I might have longevity in my life. Thanks to my mother, but I just can't see giving up like you said, the liberating feeling of, of not having to worry about someone else's feelings all the time. You know?
0: I, I do. And and I and I love the way you explained where you are in that regard. You know, it's it's so rare, especially in these challenging times is this oh and is, oh rick this, i'm so, so
1: so rick i'm so sorry but there's another interview on the line actually waiting for oh, me gosh. right now and i was enjoying this so much
0: no that's all right. i appreciate it you you gave us a lot of time it was really nice to meet you my uh, pleasure
1: rick thank Shari you curry. so we'll, much
0: yes we'll promote uh we're gonna promote your album uh, after we get off the recording here it was a pleasure to meet you thank Ladies you gentlemen Shuri curry
1: Thank you, Rick. Take care, my friend.
0: Bye, bye. John, you with us? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, that was a short one for us. That was that was a little different here on Talking Tough. Um, somebody I didn't know. How did we do?
2: Very good. Good stuff.
0: Yeah, she's got a
2: she's got a pretty interesting life. Pretty interesting career. Oh,
0: yeah. And yeah, I know uh, you guys
2: were talking about you know where you can get the music. So Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Deezer. Prime Music, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, Pandora, and Google Play.
0: Very cool. And what would people be searching for exactly then?
2: Sherry Curry.
0: C-H-E-R-I-E-C-U-R-R-I-E, correct?
2: Yep. Boulevard of Splendor. Yep.
0: Very good. Yeah, that was, that was fun for me. I was a big, big fan. 20, not 20-something. 20 oh, God, I hate to admit it. 40 years ago. Jeez, John, I'm getting old, man. Um, and then, uh, you know, knowing we had booked this, I watched the movie again, just a few days ago. It was pretty surreal. Uh, I don't know if, um, I guess that's kind of your experience with two man power trip. Huh? You grow up being a huge, huge fan of certain people. And then all of a sudden one day, there you are, you have them on your show.
2: Yeah. Um, yep.
0: So what's like, what's like the biggest blowaway experience that you've had in that regard? Like someone that you just, it was so surreal to you that you finally ha- or had that person on after being such a huge fan.
2: I think it's probably the Stinger. You you uh, nicely set that up for me to get him on. Um, one of my favorite wrestlers, him and the Hulkster, for sure. Uh, top guys that I've ever, um, you know, was a big fan of as a kid and even as an adult, still a fan of them. So it's probably Sting and maybe Dusty Rhodes, uh, the guys you're like. Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm interviewing that these guys. It's unbelievable. Just big fan to them forever, you know, 30, 40 years. So uh, pretty amazing to actually be able to talk to them and interview them and get them on. Very cool experience.
0: Yeah, it, it is, isn't it? You know, it's funny, like, growing up, being a fan, and then getting to getting to engage later. You know, I, I think about, like, for, for me in wrestling, my guy was – well, three guys were, were my guys growing up that I just idolized. Bruno Sammartino who I never got to meet, uh, John Tolis, the Golden Greek, if you know of course, if you know the course mm-hmm. you know Yep. If you ask if you did. And I later actually got to manage against him in the UWF. So that was Herb oh, Abram, cool. the face UWF. And uh, I cut, like, the worst promo of all time on John Tolis. I still feel horrible about it to this day. Um, and then also Roddy Piper. Who oh, became, that's a good one. Yeah, Roddy became one of my best friends in life. I mean, it was pretty amazing. And then uh you know outside of uh the pro wrestling world just to drop a couple names uh pat marita and linda blair and lou ferrigno all people i grew up being big big fans of all came to be like legitimately close friends and it's amazing when that happens um i wanted to ask sheree about that in regard to to susie quattro who you may or may not have heard of but um She was a major rock star back in the day, who was uh, Cherie's and Joan Jett's uh, probably biggest inspiration. And Cherie um, recently did a video uh, for a song I want to tell people about. It's an old Jackie DeShannon song called What uh, What the World Needs Now. And then the answer is love. Uh, It's amazing video. Look it up, uh, everybody, if you have a chance out there. What the world needs now is Cherie Curie. It's just a really nice message in these divisive times. And I was gonna to get to that with her. Uh, but perhaps another time. So John, who who would be your um, who would be your outside of, of pro wrestling bucket list interview? Do you have one?
2: Um, that is a good question. Probably Deion Sanders would probably be for me. Just always was a a big fan of him. Him and Lawrence Taylor probably be the, the maybe the two guys. Just always a big fan of those two guys. Completely different players. I mean, LT is just pure. Uh, talent and, and just strong as hell And awesome Dion was a little bit of style uh, Almost a little bit of pro wrestling Where he had a gimmick uh, added to it As well which was awesome but he could back it up in the field So I, lo- I love those kind of guys That can uh, trash talk but they Back it up so probably LT Dion um, hmm, Maybe Brian Johnson From ACDC or Angus Young Or something from ACDC but uh, that Those are probably like the, the top guys
0: Oh cool did I ever tell you my Angus story?
2: Mm-mm.
0: no. <laughs> so th- this was uh, back in the early 90s when I was running Pleasure Island. I don't want to misspeak. When I was running the marketing and television production and entertainment for Walt Disney's Pleasure Island in Orlando, part of my job description there, although it was never written as a job description, but part of what I did is when celebrities would come into Orlando the The Disney team would go to work and recruit them to try to get them to come visit property, and if they were successful in that, I was the person that would take the celebrity around property, you know, to do the uh, the backstage tours, take them out to dinner, um, in, in more cases than one, take them out for cocktails and other uh, other imbibements, if you will. Keep in mind this is early '90s, so that was all kind of okay back then, um, and. ACDC came into town and I oh. connected with their tour manager. His name was Andy. I don't remember his last name, but that's probably google if that's a word, for all eternity. Um, very nice guy. And I invited them to the property. And the band didn't make it, but, you know, part of the crew came out and we had a good time. And then they invited me to the ACDC show, which is why they were in town. They were playing the Orlando Arena. So I went and I brought my incredibly tall, incredibly stunning model friend, Anastasia, as my date to make me look good and or as good as was possible in any case. And Andy greeted us, brought us up onto the um, uh, sound mixing platform. And we got to sit there and watch the concert from there, which was really cool. And then after he goes, hey, do you want to meet the guys? And I said, sure. I go, as a matter of fact, if it's okay, uh, we always like to get a piece of memorabilia to display at Pleasure Island. It was kind of like our version of the Hard Rock Cafe. And he said, sure, ask him, feel free. I said, okay, great. And he brings us backstage. And I expected John this like long, long line, you know, those like, you've won a celebrity meet and greet. And You go backstage and you shake hands for a second you get a photo for a second if you're lucky maybe with five or six other strangers because you don't have the time to do a photo with everybody individually you know what i'm talking about right Mm -hmm. yep so we go backstage and andy goes to this door and it's like knock knock and you hear a voice say whatever come in or whatever it was so it opens the door and he's like come on and And he's like, Hey guys, this is Rick from Disney. He hooked us up there. This is Anastasia and see you later. And it's me and my tall, young, stunning model friend, Anastasia in the room with Malcolm and Angus. And that was it just the four of us. And it was pretty cool, man. We got to chat for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. They were super chill and mellow. They were drinking, but not too heavy. And, uh, I said, hey, do you guys have anything um, we can bring back uh, to Pleasure Island as a piece of memorabilia? So he's like, wait a minute, mate. Comes back about three minutes later, hands me the schoolboy outfit that he wore on stage that night. Uh, you, know that, you know that schoolboy outfit, right?
2: Oh, my God, yes.
0: And we, get back, to my, uh, we can get back to my place later that night, Anastasia and I. John, I put the schoolboy outfit on but it was too small even for me can you imagine that
2: (laughs) Uh, wait aren't you guys the same size or or, or no he's smaller than you
0: he's smaller than me
2: oh my Uh, god i thought he was five four
0: well you know what he we were probably about the same height from recollection but i was pretty jacked in those days i was like you know i was really really jacked at all of about 145 pounds and he probably—I'll bet you—he was a buck twenty-five, man. If that.
2: Wow, small dude. I actually didn't think he was that small, but I guess you know you can't really tell if you're not going to see him in person. But I guess in person is even smaller. Damn.
0: Well, Mister Young's schoolboy outfit was too small for me, so. Wow. Crazy. Right. Anyway, that was fun. That was fun. I got a photo with them too. Of course, part of my uh, my unending collection of innocuous photos celebrity photos um man all right uh i don't think i have much more to say today uh what do you got john
2: that's uh that's about it for me too i'm pretty good
0: all right good good well as always thank you for setting this up and facilitating and uh on to the next one rick bassman here on maui with John Paz on the east side of the U.S., signing off for Talking Tough. Have a great day, everybody. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna
1: hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit And keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you gotta be willing to take the hits and not pointing
0: fingers saying you ain't where you wanna be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that.